as you all are probably aware, it's only been six months since ChatGPT has come out, but it's felt like it has been a long, long time ago, uh, and there have been all these other new AIs, and I, I think for me, immediately there was a question of, well, what do, what do we do with this? How do we handle this? What, what will its place be in our lives and in the church? So, uh, Daniel Davis, uh, you've been in technology for almost over 30 years. Almost 30 years yeah. in positions. I started when I was two. So you started when I was two. That's a long resume. Yeah. So you've been uh, working in uh, IT, yeah. Consult marketing, co yeah. consulting, consulting, marketing, all, all tied to technology. Yeah. And you're currently the director of technology mm -hmm. for the Diocese uh, Fort Wayne South Bend. Yes. For the uh, Catholic Diocese. Mm -hmm. And you also do consulting work. Yep. So, Daniel, thank you for coming and talking to us about AI and and what it is and how it might affect our lives here in the church. Sure. This ChatGPT is a specific uh, product from a company called OpenAI. It's been around since 2018. I've been dabbling in it since then, and I think it's uh, pretty interesting. I look at it as it's a it is has nothing to do with intelligence. When they say artificial, it means, to me, it means there's absolutely no intelligence here. It is just a fancy search engine or autocomplete for a whole bunch of, of a body of work. Uh, and they, they have left out opinion pieces and, and that, because if you ask it an opinion, it will tell you, I, I don't know how to respond to that. And it'll, it'll give you something in that regard. But you can add, you can add um, different um, pieces to it, so it will it will then go check the internet to check itself. I mean, so there's all these pieces that can be added to it. Yes. Um, that being said, its definition of what is an opinion is so broad Great. that we also have things well, where it's giving opinions that really aren't opinions that are more just what people say are opinions rather than like like people say are opinions that are actually. Fact, like if you ask what the I believe one of the examples that I can't remember for sure but I have to double check this one but I remember for a while it, like one of the idea uh, one of the things was if you ask about slavery it was it, like like what was the cause of the Civil War it would be like oh I don't have an opinion on that or something like right. that yeah which it is will not if a you problem ask it. yeah I I actually asked it um, some inventions that that were meant for good that have been used uh, for evil or um, or weaponized or something, and it would not answer that. And I kept trying different prompts to get around it. And so then I just said, um, what has been destructive? <laughs> and of course it came up with plastics um, and uh, fossil fuel, the atomic bomb. There's a, there a fifth one, fourth and fifth one there. I'm just, uh, but those are just, I'm like, okay, I think people would agree with all of those, and I was like, plastic. I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, because just think of all the stuff we've done with it, and it's just piling up, and in our in our in our uh, um, our dumps and such. So uh, that being said, um, I wrote an article that I shared, and then everybody can get a, a sample of this, and this is probably the basis of what I was going to talk about today. That's that I come from it with a person of faith, so I look at it as as uh, Christ said, "Fear not." Right, and I think of that as not just don't be afraid, but don't don't stay scared. 
and scared can be a moment in time. I rem I'm a jumpy person for some reason. I get hyper-focused, and I work night crew at a local um, uh, grocery store called Martin's. And what's interesting is, is that once the other guys found out that the, the young kid um, would jump 10 feet in the air when they would come around the corner and just go blah. Uh, they thought that was a fun game to play oh, nice. every night. Uh, <laughs> and and because of that, I have I had a, uh, a Christmas gift in um, my trunk and I think it was for my sister and she came up behind me and I didn't show and I literally jumped up like a cat and then slammed it shut and then I was like ah! And, it, and I knew it was her but, but it was that moment of of scared, but I didn't stay scared, and I didn't um, base actions or next steps off of off of that being scared. And I always looked at that's what Christ was talking about is for us um, to when he would say uh, to to don't be afraid or fear not or all those references in the Bible because there are tons of them, and that whole concept of not basing actions on those scared moments. And then, as an Episcopalian, I try to be discerning about things. So, in my mind, I like comparing things to other things. So, in, in this case, I started thinking of, okay, how about lists of inventions um, that have changed the world? And, like, the cotton gin was one, a radio and TV were a couple more, a radar, um, uh, the, uh, the car air travel, all, all of these, and a friend of mine were chatting about this, and he was talking about how tools can be used for evil, and so, of course, he picked on, like, the nuclear bomb, which is really easy, to because it is made as a, and, and I'll explain that I'm coming from, I'm very much a pacifist, I have a friend that grew up a, a Quaker, and I like a lot of the Quaker things, and and that's where I completely agree with the whole idea of, of not building something to destroy, break, or kill. And so the idea of you can't really weaponize a weapon. It's already a weapon. So so like, let's take that one off the table and not even talk about that. But then um, let's talk about other things that, that, could be, that could be made, that could be, again, used for, um, used for evil. And someone brought up um, um, education. So there, that's where should we stop? pushing technology because it can be used for evil and in this case it's not it's not as evil as the atomic bomb but if someone were um, a student their job is to learn but they're going to use this to circumvent learning and and not write a paper and just plagiarize so to me they're just using a different technology to plagiarize and the same conversation came out when i was in college and we had floppy disks because we could just give a floppy disk to someone else and then all they do is change their name and then turn that paper in um, i love the fact that we had to have a cover sheet and that cover sheet included a paragraph about this is my work and i did the research and i am citing any any of this if there if it is not cited it is from me and and i look at back at that in the early 90s as as like wow that would work with if this if i wrote this and turned this in with chat gpt because i'm still circumventing the research and saying that it's mine um and that so to me it's part of being a good digital citizen in the sense of 
I'm not claiming something as my work. Uh, uh, being in education and around education, I've I've seen where some students have attempted to use it. I wouldn't say they were very clever because they left things in there that didn't make sense. Um, I look at ChatGPT as a as a 12 year old with a lot of facts in their head, and they don't write well because they're just auto completing what they think looks good. Uh, perfect example is a friend of mine was going to Rome, and so I said, hey, let's let's ask ChatGPT, what's something good to do in Rome? And it felt like a, a, a child was trying to hit a quota of how long the paper should be because, because it was like, here, this is a good place to go eat in Rome. This is a good thing to do in Rome. And it was just like, it repeated itself multiple times. And it was like, I, I was just like, oh, well, this is a difference between knowledge and information. There's no knowledge behind it. It just found some information and that. Um, going, just touching back on the, if, if my job is to be a student, I'm there to learn. But my job in technology is to be efficient and I was like, oh, I can use this to write a script to do something for me. And I was doing something specifically on a Mac. So I asked for it to do, um, to help me write a script for um, OS, uh, OS X uh, Ventura. And, and then I gave some parameters to it. And then it told me that that doesn't exist. Well, the source, and this goes back to your question, the source mm -hmm. is all from before 2021. And before 2021, Ventura didn't exist. So it it was like stuck. And so I'm like, oh, well, my, the script wouldn't be too much different if I just told it to do it from a previous version. So I did, it gave me a nice little script and I adjusted it in about five minutes. And in the past, I would have templated and I would have used Google to go find someone else's script and then played with that found out that it didn't work and I go find another one because I've done this before and I'm like I saved probably 30 minutes because I understood how to write a script uh, to do something on the computer but if I didn't I would not have been able to edit what it gave me and change it a little bit but like I said in the past I would have researched by by templating I would have found a template same thing with uh, a friend of mine's like oh I need to um, make an invoice and I've never made an invoice I'm like oh that's easy just go to just google an invoice um, that you can edit and just make it yours and you can now ask ChatGPT to build a table for you that is an invoice um, and so to me I'm like wow this is it's really just a fancy search engine instead of searching all the web it's searching just one area so um, that being said w one thing uh, that I, I remember just not too long ago is when Google was new there were code that people were putting on their websites to, to tell Google not to crawl or research my page and index it because they're like well this is my information I don't want it out there and 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 it was like, well, this will help you. People will be able to find you. And uh, and they're like, well, where's this going to go? And there was just all this negativity in the beginning uh, about Google just looking up everything. Uh, now they're not as good, and this is an opinion, uh, they're not as good as they used to be because now uh, Google makes so much money with ads that if I own a piece of software, that let's say it does um, keeps track of um, customers and helps me sell things, I will go grab all the names 
of all the companies that sell something like for instance Salesforce and I will use that as a keyword and to help me sell my thing and to me it's just like oh wow this is this is the direction Google has gone so that's just a little side note of of I don't think their search is good as it used to be because they prioritize uh, their their uh, yeah how they have monetized what they do uh, yeah so um, something else that uh, uh, is a good here's another example of something I would have researched in the past is I have worked at, I'm working on an app that I wanted to get venture capital for. And so uh, instead of making my own venture doc to be submitted for uh, investment, I asked ChatGPT to make one for me. And it made a beautiful one. Uh, however, it does not understand truth. And in the sense of, it, it talked about the CEO of this company. I gave it the name of my company and the product, and then just let it run. And it said that the CEO has um, has extensive uh, experience in biomed technology, which has nothing to do with the app. Also, I do not have any <laughs> at all experience with biomed. But it was one of those, it looked at a document that had been written similar before that's in its what they call large language model LLM and it saw oh well this kind of document has phrases like this so it auto-completed um, there's a, a game I've played uh, with my oldest where we text each other and we pick the he, he said he tells me uh, left middle or right and then I have to answer by only hitting the autocomplete choice that comes up that gives me three and then I have to hit it and it makes sometimes a funny conversation and he keeps prompting it and it's our version of a little AI Lips. yeah yeah <laughs> and um, and it that's what it did it, it in this but it it had it made a decision and not an informed one but any decision of hey this is what's in these that are considered um, a document for this purpose so it made um, fake citations about me because it was uh, it was just like well this is this is important and and it's the concept of that kind of citation is good except that it didn't understand that it wasn't true and it didn't think it's trying to pull one over on me one of my things that I was hoping someone would say but no one has is that I can't believe how how right it sounds when it's telling us an answer and I'm like it, it doesn't have any emotions to it. It is just giving you um, text, and and the fact that it is coming across at, to people with authority. I'm just like I'm like it's just black and white text. I'm I'm like I don't understand that why people are saying oh it just is it because because I'm like I'm I will say something if I say something that I think is right. I will I guess have some kind of authority behind my voice uh, just like it thinks it's right so of course it would and, and I'm like it's not trying to trick us it's just grabbing information uh, that it has but um, the main thing is is that I wanted to just talk a little bit about what um, what it is um, and um, some limitations and then what I think it'll become um, so what it is right now, and this is my layman's version, and I, I like breaking it down like this instead of using technical mumbo-jumbo, is that it is just a body of work. So think of millions of documents that have been collected 
Um, and and it, it's not looking at websites, so it's not looking at uh, at, at you know basket weaving is the best thing since slicedbread.com. Um, and and it's not looking at those type of things, but it's looking at um, a, what they call a large language model, and it's using that to answer uh, answer questions. Now you can add um, plugins to it to do things like you can ask it to fact check itself um and in that that actually is kind of funny because it's just like it's like think about ai is now trying to teach itself um i one thing i mentioned in my article is that that you have to teach some something to someone and you tell them what they did wrong or right on the site there's just this thumbs up and thumbs down there is no feedback to that that is um and the quadrant of feedback there's general and specific and then positive and negative and and it is just general uh negative and positive and there's no way to learn from that so a engineer has to take that and then read into what you wrote and then run with it um if if I were to tell my kids, hey, let's clean up your room, and they just shove everything under the bed or in a closet, they did not clean up the room. However, technically, they did. The room looks clean. And so there is where feedback works with a child. So it is, it is a child in the sense of that if we want it to learn um, we have to give it feedback and it is and it's not gonna figure out that on its own so if we tell it something it's just gonna do what it thinks works and if we don't give it any feedback it's not gonna work yes who assembled the information um, this one is, was a nonprofit called um, open AI and all of it was published it was started with a few gazillionaires like um, uh, Elon Musk yeah. he um, he said that they needed to go a slightly different direction and that he needed to run the company and everybody there was like no way <laughs> so um so then he came out with a, a statement saying that there was some uh di disagreement and also he thought it, it that uh that it was a little bit of competition with what he's doing at tesla and so that he better step away um, no, 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 our chat is not running over people. <laughs> and and what's interesting is when he when when he said that, yeah, that's that's great. But I guess I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, how do they find yeah. the information? Is it you say it's not on the web, but they had to find most of this information? Yeah. Oh, what I meant by that is not like just a a little website that went and just posted something and said, you know, in like for instance. Uh, what I love to pick on are Nazis. So someone that's a neo-Nazi that would put in there, hey, you know, the Holocaust never happened, that type of stuff. Those kind of things are, aren't what are put in there. Um, so they, um, so think of, I guess, think of kind of like Wikipedia, um, if you will. And they, they had it completely open for a while. And they recently, so it was open for years. And, um, and so no one thought, oh, well, we'll have to document this for the future, well, uh, now it's closed because it became a for-profit company because uh, when Elon left, he took his bags of money and ran. Uh, and so they had to figure out how to fund the company um, along the way. Um, but it is, that's one thing that 
that I'm concerned about is the black box that does it. It's similar to um, vote, um, voting machines. Um, voting machines are little black boxes that they don't let anybody audit them. And I, I like if I lived in Korea, I would want I would want it really audited, and, and it is just a little black box that no one can see inside. So I've always been a fan of things being open so that people can look at the code and say, "Oh, this is what it's doing." And a lot of companies have done a good job of that. Um, for instance, Apple does it with their browser. It's based on WebKit, and it's completely open. So you could go look at the code and what their websites, what it, how it reads a website, so you know it's really giving you. Um, what you're reading now if you live in China that's where I I have the fear of what you're talking about uh, mm -hmm. as is that who who assembled it and what do they want me to know mm -hmm. they will have their own they will ban chat GPT and have their own and it will only give governmental answers yes the other thing though is chat gpd doesn't provide links to its sources either no like you, you it does not you re reference wikipedia wikipedia the, the difference between wikipedia which mm -hmm. is also yeah. an open source of information mm -hmm. it, you can find the sources and links to all the sources on wikipedia uh, not all well not all the time no. No. but no. for the most part you can but for the most part that and but that one is built in with the idea of people can go in and add the source is part of it. That is still part of the idea of the sourcing. Right. Obviously, it's not always the case because it is an open platform for people to be able to adjust. So ChatGPT does not them. reference the sources, oh, though. Right. Which is important because that is because when you're understanding where where you're getting the writing from and what references, you also want to know where is it drawing this from. And yep. that's what something yep. that, yeah. So, for instance, um, Bloomberg just announced uh, probably a week and a half ago that they're going to have their own version of AI and it is only pulling from it's pulling from double the amount of uh, of uh, data that ChatGPT used, but it is only grabbing from SEC filings mm -hmm. and business um, documents and articles about history. But again, they have they're leaving off opinion pieces of like, oh, it's safer to um, to invest in this than this. That stuff they're leaving out of it and. Uh, when I heard this, it just a uh, light bulb went off in my head that I'm like, oh, okay. So we're in the infancy of using this, and this is where it's going. So I look at it as it's going to follow the same path as computers. So we used to have um, a giant building that was a computer mm -hmm. in, at universities, mm -hmm. and then it was <laughs> then it was room filling. And I always think of uh, Mad Men, and I love that episode. I wasn't around in the '60s, but I just I love that when they got their computer on the TV show Mad Men, and it was this giant room and it had all these people running around running it and then and then f fast forward to like the 80s when we had a desktop and it was still large and clunky and then we got to laptops and now we have little supercomputers that we have in our pockets and so I just assume that uh, chat GPT will uh, or in general, and I, I hate using it as a it's the only one because there's so many out there um, it's just the one that got it got press and everybody talks about it. Um, but I assume that we're going to get this like Bloomberg where they have now their own 
they're built their own. So then you can go ask it about SEC filings and and um, tax information, and you can even do things dated and say, hey, uh, if someone filed their taxes in um, in, in two thousand five, um, according to code X Y Z, you know, a five hundred one two C or you know all that all that stuff. I think it's fantastic that then it could then pull that out and give you an answer for. Um, so that's going to be um, little varieties. Is anybody a wine person in here? In my article, I, I talk about varietals and varieties. Mm -hmm. Anybody yeah. uh, know French? There's a specific word in every... <laughs> there's a French word and it's terroir, terroir, and I don't know how to say it. I do not, so please don't, please... If I offended anybody <laughs> that's French that hears this, or uh, yeah, but it has to do with the anywhereness of, so it's where where the grape came from, the humidity, all that, and it it has a flavor, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're gonna have, we're gonna have this of just like we have oh Windows and Mac or Android and iOS, where people are like, oh, I like this this AI better than this one because it fits my style and my taste. And I'm thinking that we're going to have this where, you know, Bloomberg's going to have theirs and all this, but it's going to get down to we're going to have our own and it's going to pull from my documentation. So to answer your question about um, it's going to change research. Think of it this way. I've done a research about a paper. I have I've done a research about a paper and I have I have um, documents that I pulled together from different sources and I then ask it, hey, write a paper about this, and it uses my sources and my information, and then also tries to match my voice, and it can look at other things I've written, and then it writes a paper for me uh, based on that. Um, I think that would be great if, if I could have done that instead of say, hey, write this document, and then it makes up stuff about me. It could look at my resume, and it would have said, hey, Daniel has... The CEO has these type of um, background as opposed to making stuff up. Going back to Pat's original point, where's the protection for the people that spend the time and the creativity to do the work on their own rather than inputting a bunch of sources and waiting for a computer to do it for them? That's there, there's no, there's no, there's no protection to that. And what is the, what's going on politically to put those protections in? Because this yeah. is my biggest thing is that that we do need regulations. I, I have friends that are uh, that that believe the government does everything wrong and they shouldn't regulate anything and i i believe there should be regulations for things that are that are far reaching like this we're still already light years behind on protections that involve in online at all yeah yep yeah we're we're behind on so many things like i look at uh the one that i complain about the most is uh patent law I mean, patent law is horrible. Mm -hmm. um, companies just go buy chunks of patents and then look through it with a researcher and then say, oh, this is what we're going to go. These are who we're going to go sue. Um, Apple's been sued so many times for little pieces of technology that someone's like, well, this is uh, you, what you use in FaceTime to do a FaceTime call um, is described in this patent from that was talking about something that was that was very general and it's like oh my goodness and they'll settle out of court and pay it because it's easier than to than to yeah. pay all the lawyers and that so yeah there are, there are so many things that need to be adjusted but Whoa. but i agree that 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 i look at it as um i went to college for graphic design and advertising and i was a, a minor art minor so i love 
using art to express myself, and I understand the difference between an illustration and an art piece. So an illustration is someone has asked me to do a specific task. Hey, make this uh, for this article, or make this for this story. And then an art piece is something that comes to my head, and I uh, I just I make it, and it and it has my message, and it's all that. This is very technical. This is very creative, and that's very simplifying it. But that's just uh, how I look at it, and I feel like this is going to take away a lot of the that technical art away from artists because they're going to be able to it's going to be able to turn away and give you something based on you can say hey base, uh, make this picture look like like uh, give me a picture of uh, sunset and some mountains and in the style of Ansel Adams mm -hmm. and then it does it mm -hmm. now if if I was given that as a project as a student and I was told to oh go take a uh, a, a scenic picture and then, but do it his style, I would have to go figure out, oh, he used white balance and he used white cards to, to get, so I would have to figure out how he did it. And then, but what I'm doing isn't considered plagiarism. I'm doing it in his style, but people were saying, oh, well now it's plagiarizing because you told it to use it. But See, the thing is though, it, it, with, with AI art and stuff, it is actually plagiarizing with a lot of, it's basically taking images and then kind of going over and retracing over them, which is a form of plagiarism that is within a... I, I've like, never heard, I can't speak to that, I've never heard anything about tracing. I've, um, I, I keep asking you odd questions. Well, and about give me a, a picture of a giraffe with a hat, and it keeps giving me the same picture for the last three there's years. A famous court, there, there's now a new court case coming up with Getty Images because it actively, um, one of the AI generated images, there is a Getty image. Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know why? It, it's weighted. So look at all the millions of pictures it's seen that that is in the corner. So mm -hmm. it says I have to put this in. It does not. But then that. But then that. But that, that right. brings in the so, legal case of is it taking these uh, these images? It's it's grabbing just, it's grabbing Getty's logo. Exactly. So and so, so it just go, goes back to my child that that I said hey clean the room, but I didn't give it any feedback. So they didn't give it any feedback. Just be like oh you don't want to you don't because you saw millions of watermarks. Don't put that in because you think that is important. It just doesn't understand. The, the other, uh, the yeah. other thing, though, with, with with that is, even if we take out the idea of plagiarism as a, as a concept here, we still have the assumption of um, if you can do a billion things, with, like, if you can uh, teach a bunch of uh, AI to do this kind of image, you are also taking away the ability of artists who are actually paid to do this mm -hmm. jobs from them. You're yep. taking those kind of uh, those kind of um, jobs and stuff away from them without providing way, uh, new sources for them to be able to actually be able to yeah I, I, I remember I wanted to be an illustrator and uh, and my art teacher said um, you know that is a dying field in the 60s magazines loved illustrators but mm. photography came around and 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 all all the ads stopped being illustrated they were all photography so look at all these people that lost their jobs and as being illustrators, drawing, um, my favorite is I have one of a uh, Sudabaker Lark mm -hmm. that I had cut out and I had it framed. And I just, I look at that and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I love, I love that. And I like movie posters. I like old movie posters that are illustrated. So I, I get that and I understand as an artist that I, that, hey, we're losing a job here, but then look at, it, 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 it will make other 
but it is jobs a down artist because we also have the uh, with a, with the uh, advent of AI, we have things like the AI use of. Um, I, I'm sure we've all seen like those deepfake things where mm -hmm. they take mm -hmm. the AI images. Yeah. In which case, it's not even just a per, uh, person's art that's being plagiarized, but their their faceness and likeness is that being plagiarized. To the extent that we have companies like Disney currently cre uh, creating, um, basically getting the. Uh, Getting the rights to the likeness of certain actors to be able to then use them consistently throughout time. To see with also them oh be able to use Morgan Freeman's voice yep. for Darth Vader going uh, going forward, where they have now generated his voice as AI uh, as an AI voice, and which is taking away from people who, generally speaking, are actors or people who are doing these creative fields, oh, yeah. and instead replacing it with this. <laughs> Again, not very good, but like sell these these ideas of the, uh, this likeness, and at what point do we uh, do we look at AI and the theft of um, both images that people have created as well as the theft of images of people themselves, and say, okay, but where is the line that we have to draw where we are? Uh, the main da danger I always see with AI is not necessarily with the individual use of AI. That's not that's not a problem. You can use AI all day long; you won't make an effect on the world. The problem with AI is the commercialization of AI and its use in creating this uh, uh, in creating content that is inherently based off the plagiarism of other people and people's faces ideas and, and concepts that to generate idea uh, generate things that companies themselves do not need to pay for in a way to uh, then right. take it out and it's not even like oh we'll create new jobs the Example you use with photography taking away jobs from illustrators, yeah, but it gave jobs to photographers. Right. It gave jobs to, like there were still other people, and and there was still a generation there. At a certain point, though, it's just a few programmers in a room who are There's creating more than a few. Yeah, but the idea, <laughs> just, but, but just OpenAI, it cost them four million dollars a day. Yeah, but to yeah. Run four million dollars a day and, to and run it, and that's people and and resources. That's not just that. That's just a couple of programmers. Go ahead. Yeah, a couple things. That, yeah. Um, AI as it is now is like us in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's going to change. That's why Mark oh, yeah. wants to put a, a moratorium because he knows how quickly it, it's going to um, just you know take off. But um, a few things that we've never done is yeah, we've never protected it. people's data. I what mean, was operating that people's data. I mean, if you read most user agreements, you don't own your data. So I'm using yeah, yeah. social media mm -hmm. a lot because. Um, all this knowledge is this corpus, the basis of the knowledge, your, your, your knowledge base is a corpus. Um, they basically own it. That was their operating model. That's why Facebook and all didn't charge it because they, their operating model wasn't, you know, you pay, we just own your data because we know what it's going to be worth in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the things that we, that we should have with AI is first, we need, we need to know their corpus. That should be standard. You should be yep. able to find that out. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to guess. And yep. we should also know what their um, their tree is. We, we should we should their neural network should be published because oh. when it changes, mm -hmm. then we'll know. At least somebody would know what what it's what the algorithm is yes. that it's it's basing its decision. Can you say what's, yeah. what's a neural what's a neural network? What's a neural network? Because right now, you know, network. yeah, that's that's like. How, how the algorithms that's generating, you know, your decision, you know, what it sees. But right now, somebody's programming that. At some point, the machine is going to do that itself. Mm 
And even even the tech companies don't know what's going to happen when when it starts generating itself. <laughs> they think they, they they may know, but they're you know most of them we really don't know. So yeah. I mean, we should have you know at least that exposure of what those those networks are. Oh. So if it changes, then at least you know. You know, all right, we don't understand this. Yeah, I love what you're saying, and it goes back to that I think that there should be some regulations. Yeah. Deep fakes are horrible in the sense of now you can't say, oh, well, did that person really say that? And when you see a video, you cannot yeah. anymore. Um, uh, it used to be, well, if I heard it, I was like, well, it's easy to do audio, but now video is easy. And so they can, uh, I don't know if anybody yeah. has seen the gentleman that does the fake Tom Cruise and he's he's a good impersonator and then they deep fake on top of his face so he already has the voice and and I have you has anybody ever noticed on like local uh, ads on radio where they'll throw in a, a sound alike and at the end there'll be a legal disclaimer it'll say yeah. this is not the uh, it, it'll say this is just for uh, uh, entertainment purposes mm -hmm. and so it's not. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger making an ad for a local, uh, we'll say, car dealership, and I'm hoping that we're going to have some kind of control like that. So, because what they're doing now is is when, like for instance, Robin Williams said that in his will, he had it that he didn't want his likeness or anything to be morphed into something else. So he he understood That's this in the future, the but they're already also noticing that they can tweak it just a little bit that we don't hear a difference but a computer can so then it's like oh well then it's not plagiarism and i'm doing air quotes uh and and i'm like so if we can't tell the difference but it is not exactly the same uh, yeah be like freedom of information yeah you're talking about that the, you know so we, we've already got ai in place the the chances of having laws passed fast enough to deal with it when you look at the average age of the elected official <laughs> in the House of Representatives mm -hmm. and the Senate, we have a gerontocracy yep. that doesn't understand technology and doesn't pay attention to how fast it's changing. There's a lot of tech company yeah. lobbyists that are already... Oh, well, there's that, too. You've got lobbyists, too. Yeah, 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 you and have lobbyists tech on Tech companies are notoriously anti-union, so there's a lot of things yeah. in with that as well. Yeah, I... <laughs> I have a little bit of hope, I guess. <laughs> Please, Rhonda. My, my daughter-in-law is a, an oh, AI yeah. scientist, and, yeah. and she just recently got a government grant to study or to do something with. I do not understand <laughs> what she does at all. But, but the, it's about um, human-centered generative AI. And so um, we, have, we know that technology can introduce bias un, un, unintentionally, you know, that, that, that bias and other things creep into it unintentionally. And the work she's doing, as I understand it, is that, that they can make sure that the AI that we're developing reflects human values. So, so that we, you know, it doesn't amplify bias or it doesn't Interesting. amplify things that we as humanity <laughs> don't want it to do. And I, I find it fascinating. I just always assume that when you do computer work, and I'm sure you know all about this, but it's not like doing machine research. It's like doing research on biology. She doesn't know. She plugs something into their giant computer. She has no idea what's going to no. come out at the other end. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that at least people in academia are thinking about yeah. guardrails or thinking about how we 
superimpose <coughs> values onto the AI work. It, yeah. yeah, it's because they're thinking yeah. about it, but still, yeah. they don't know. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably not going to keep up. A, a perfect example. A perfect example of what is it, what is it going to become is Apple came up with a, a watch a few years ago, and they thought it was going to be this great communication device, and we're all going to be Dick Tracy. They had no idea that it is a fitness tracker. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, so they well, made something that they had. Oh, this is the direction it's going. Okay. And I use it just to I have I use it so I leave this on my desk, and so this is I get notifications. But it also spurs me on to like, oh, I can close that that exercise ring if I go for a five minute walk you know oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's so I I use it for that I also keep track of my um, my blood sugar on it oh, and so again it is a health thing so so where it's going no well, one knows yeah. Well, well, it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like how the Google Glasses why the Google Glasses failed or why it was never a a a, a full on product. It was it did what it was supposed to do. They were doing it as a test bed. They said it was a test bed, and only nerds like me <laughs> bought it and used it, and then and and then that's all it was. But, Go so it so it did what they wanted. They did as a research project, and they got a lot of research from it. <laughs> but like, if we also look at things like um, everything that Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Meta, um, where where it's like this idea of like, oh well, we can create these virtual. Like one of the things you said earlier was these was the virtual reality. That's never going to catch on. The reason why it's not going to catch on is because I can look up a picture of of um, the the sea on my phone right now in this little glass rectangle that I have. Mm. And the reason why I don't think a virtual reality thing is is because it's it's too bulky it's too much and, and i know they will eventually get it but it's 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 almost too much when the simplest solution when it's always the simplest solution is going to be the answer to most technology most people's technology is going to be what's the simplest solution the reason why facetime caught up is because i could go here and look at it uh look at my phone and I, i'll see another person there i don't need to put something on my head and then have this scan do the stuff i have it here i get it's the simplest solution to point a to point b the reason why virtual offices will never like virtual like reality offices will never catch on is because i can still talk to someone on the phone or via this it's still going to be that same disconnect of if i'm virtual reality but if i'm if i'm at home i can still access all the information i want i don't need to go to a desk to access the information in a virtual reality space does, does anybody remember multimedia as a phrase that, that was used all over and it was like uh, encyclopedias and all that everybody was saying multimedia this would have been the 90s mm -hmm. and it was multimedia this Incarta. multimedia that and these all these what? cool Incarta. yeah all yeah. these cool videos and so that's what I think is going to happen is we're going to have we might have something that we're calling right now uh, a, a, v, a VR situation or AR but all it's going to be is it we have a we can watch a movie that's immersive with surround sound and all that with with just this so I'm picturing hey let's let's all go on a 40 year um, trek in the wilderness and I'll be the one complaining about the food and uh, and as we as we stare at a screen together so I picture it more of that than us putting a helmet on because so many people complain about motion sickness and yeah there's mm -hmm. and it's also super I'm like uh, that whole idea of um, zoom fatigue where people are like I've been in three meetings yeah. today and I'm tired it is being on camera mm. is exhausting mm. and if you have never been trained for it um, thinking thinking about how does my hair look like right now what what is my is my lipstick on my teeth you know all that stuff um, and and I'm like oh it, 
so the whole idea of uh, I would like it because I'd rather have an avatar for my face than than my face because <laughs> the avatar is going to look perfect. Mm. Um, the thing is, you can already do that. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Was there yeah. A comment yeah. yeah. Comment. Was there a comment? You? Yeah, here? I, I wanted to to build on Rhonda's comment, mm -hmm. a little yep. bit, which is you you were talking rightly about you know finding ways that human values can be. Um, perpetuated or and I wonder if to go a little farther if one useful way to think about it and especially for the church is can can these technologies be used to maximize human human potential <laughs> and and this is I guess when I think about it this is my gravest concern is that when I'm working with students I'm I, I think I should be trying to maximize their human potential mm -hmm. get them to see that Yes, if you if you work at it, if you are disciplined, you can learn to write yourself yeah. this way, and you will discover that there's a very close connection between how well you think and how well you write. Mm -hmm. And you can do to my graduate students. You can do the research that brings together all of this data, and you will find that there's a close connection between the experience of making these connections and the quality of the conclusions mm -hmm. you come to. So I don't want these shortcuts mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because they minimize human mm -hmm. capacity. I think we need to be encouraging people to build on their human capacity. And, I, and I'm worried that I think they can be used that way, but I think that's the crucial issue. And I think it's the crucial issue, especially for the church, is how to make these things build fully formed Mm -hmm. uh, human Christians. My my concern is looking at it as a shortcut uh, because, as someone that's dyslexic and ADHD, um, same. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, all right. <laughs> and, and I am a horrible writer. Yeah. Um, Sorry, because yeah, he's read not my, you. He's read my article. <laughs> uh, I'm a horrible writer. I'm an awesome researcher, yeah. and I can pull stuff together, but. Someone reads one of my email. There's like three missing words, and they can sometimes get it. AI is going to help me be better at at yeah. how clever yeah. I am. I finally, I'm 51 now, and I now think I'm smart. Two years ago, I I would have still told you um, I'm just a hack and I'm just barely getting by, and, huh. and and yeah, and some of that's ADHD stuff that you have this horrible thing in your head saying how horrible you are. But, but I had this conversation with a friend of mine that he was talking about his son was learning how to drive. And he's like, hey, uh, I'm not letting him use any of the technology of the car. I'm like, oh, so you're just, you just give him four wheels? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like a, a parking assist is a, is a shortcut. He's like, I wanted to learn how to park. I can't use it. Um, I, I want it and, and I, can, I can parallel park way better now because I have cameras. Um, the first time I was in my car that I used the backup camera was I had pulled in um, to a to a place that had a uh, car wash, but it was wrapped. Or we had to drive around the building, and it was super narrow. And guess where they put the out of order sign in the middle? So I had to back out of this super tight one. I would not have been able to do it uh, if it weren't for that camera. Um, and it was and it was like. It was like, okay, that, that's a piece of technology that helped me get along. And this is where I like drawing it to the church and saying, hey, we're a body of Christ. But if, some, um, but if we think of a body physically, 
we, we might need glasses, we might need a prosthetic, we might need something. That's where I like to use these tools to help the people uh, like myself that, that need some assistance um, to, to get along. So the body of Christ doesn't have to use it. So if someone, uh, a good example is if someone is agoraphobic mm-hmm. they, and they can't make it to church, literally they get sick, mm-hmm. um, video church is, is perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And But if you never want to be a part of video church, that is fine. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's one of those, it's a choice that's out there. Yes. And that's where I always kind of fall down with with AI myself is that AI as, as a tool for accessibility is a wonderful thing. I always am, I am always in favor, and that's why I, I'm not against AI as in development or even technological development because uh, the use of that kind of development to help with accessibility purposes, um, helping with that sort of stuff, is always good. Um, the problem that I always have with AI is not necessarily the use of it in, and again, I'm saying that most of the, the people who are trying to develop this are using it with the idea of, I'm going to develop this because I want to help with accessibility things or things like that. It's more the commercialization and the uh, its place within a capitalist world where you have companies who are now using this as a shortcut to over uh, to basically go around the worker in, or go over the worker instead of actually help assist the worker. Again, I am more, I'm always in favor of tools that can help the worker advance their thing and help them actually grow in the field. But we, but because we live in a world that is A, fundamentally anti-worker in general, and B, a, uh, creates, a, uh, creates this idea of this, uh, of because we live in a world that is emphasizing the idea of the least, uh, the least amount of effort and money put toward the most amount of uh, output, um, we tend to get these companies and again, tech companies, I think, are probably one of the worst with this stuff, where they are constantly thinking of how to replace instead of how to... And again, and there are going to be technologies that do replace things down the line. That It's an inevitability, but I don't think that we have in our society the protections in place to help those workers, even when, even if there is something that is undeniably going to be replacing them, we don't have technologies in place to help them then, right. then That's progress. True. And so the technology is progressing faster than our society is able to actually help the people in the society um, change with it or even help them with, or, or with, with, with those changes. The idea of Luddite, as I heard of that as a, yeah. it's a whole, it, well, that was 30 years after the cotton gin and the weave and all that stuff had been invented. And it took 30 years for those people to actually actively be terrorists. They were burning down buildings. They were destroying equipment because they were losing their job. And so that's where it comes comes from. from. (laughs) And uh, and we always, uh, as humans, we don't like change. I'm an oddball that I like change. Um, I will drive a different way just to see if it is it slightly better. It might be it might be less miles, but maybe it's faster because of lights. You know, it's all that because I like to become right. Um, and it's a phrase I say whenever I have a disagreement with someone because they think I, I, I have to be right. I'm like, no, I want to become right. So give me new information. Let me make a new decision. And then and we'll go from there. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the plagiarism. Um, Microsoft and Google, uh, they both have now their own um, version of a chat GPT. And they are... They're grabbing it from wherever, but they're now claiming plagiarism if someone uses their product that grabbed it from a collection of body of work that is, we'll just say, 
uh, society's body of work. And then now they're saying, well, we did all this work to it, so now it's ours. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just well, crazy. Um, that that is something that, that yeah that's something that is so hard. That's a whole that, other that topic that is. Well, crazy. we should probably and <laughs> we should probably end on that. No, but let me say thank you, Daniel, for uh, yeah. spraying this conversation. I, I think it's we have more questions than answers. Oh, yeah, at this, at this yeah, point definitely. in time, and um, but thank you for guiding us with your yeah. with your experience because we, we do have tools. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, to think about these things. So. Um, Two last notes. I, I think, number one, what Lorenzo Labri has said last week, his, his question he posed to us is, how can the tools of technology run parallel to our beautiful traditions within the Episcopal Church to faithfully share the good news of Jesus Christ even more expansively? And if they can't do that, then maybe we don't use them. If they can augment our ability to carry out our baptismal covenant, then they're worth thinking about. Um, but there, there are guiding questions uh, for these. Uh, th the second thing I'll say is um, this Thursday evening, we're going to have a roundtable discussion in the diocese. Uh, three panelists, all with uh, PhDs in theology. So these are not experts on AI, but they are experts on areas in theology. And we're just going to ask them to think about um, artificial intelligence, technology in general. So. Um, uh, my, my spouse Samantha, she's uh, she's going to be on the panel. She does uh, liturgical studies. Uh, Reverend Nate Warren, who is at St. Paul's Episcopal, he has a PhD in theology, does a system systematic moral theology, and then finally Reverend Kristen Gadero, and she's also a professor of theology, but she does like bioethics uh, as well. So. Um, we're going to talk yeah, about. Stephen, where's the sign up for that? Because it was not in. And it's going to be on Zoom. Yeah, it was not. It was not in this month. In, in yesterday's yeah, it was last week. Thank you. Yeah. So last, you have to go to last week's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. and I and I sent mm -hmm. you, it's, it's it's on our website. Um, I sent it personally, and uh, yeah, those were on the adult forum email list. Uh, but you did send it out, but not this past. Not this day. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. there it is. Yeah, if you just so. go back to eConnections last week, it's the registration links there. Thank you. For Can I make that. one last yeah. thing? Last comment. My, yep. my, how I look at it is, how can I, can I use a tool to help me connect with humans more? Mm -hmm. In my case, I want to be efficient with my job, so then I can have, not, it's not I can do more work, but I can have more time with my little people, because they're only going to be little for so long. And that's how I tie it back to uh, the humanization. It's similar to what he's saying. His sounds way better than mine. But mine is just, I want a tool that it just helps me do work so I can be more human. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful.